Hi, everyone. It's Vicki, your host of the Excuse Me podcast. Guys, we're in season four. This is incredible. And I am so grateful and honored to be on my show and lasting this long. But it has to go to the, the great support from my fans. Thank you guys for all the feedback and the guest ideas and for the comments that you guys email me each and every week. If you have any feedback or you have a guest idea, please email me at excusemevicky at outlook.com. It's greatly appreciated. So let's grab a snack. Let's get a beverage. Let's get comfortable because now we're going to listen to this week's guest and I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Thanks. All right. Okay. So we'll go ahead and get started. Okay. Um, It's Vicki Guerrero, your host with the Excuse Me podcast. And this week, I have an amazing guest. Please welcome the former WWE ring announcer, Ms. Lillian Garcia. Woo! <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Thank you, Vicki. Uh, I'm struggling with a cough today, so I apologize in advance. Okay, no worries. I, I get you. I've, I've had to do shows like that. I, I've even. <coughs> being super sick before so <laughs> oh my gosh it's crazy um i have so much to talk to you about you are just the most incredible busiest woman i know <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i don't know why i find that funny <laughs> i wasn't expecting that <laughs> when, when i was going through all your accolades i was like oh my god does she even sleep i'm like this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's called type A personality. So oh, I, yeah. I want, you know, Vicki, I got to tell you, I really feel like this stem from kindergarten. Let me just tell you the story. It is crazy. Uh, teachers don't realize what they can do to their kids and how they can affect their kids. All right. But when I was in kindergarten, you know, they used to give the S for satisfactory and the U for unsatisfactory on report cards. So yeah. I was so excited. I just I was always a good student or put it this way. I mean, I was kindergarten, so I wasn't a student yet. But but mom growing up, she always said that I was always into like learning that I love to learn. So here I am getting my first report card. I'm so excited. I'm in kindergarten. I feel like a, you know, a grown up and I'm expecting S's all the way down. So I'm like, S, S, yes, yes, yes. And all of a sudden there's a big fat you and I'm like, you for what and it literally said for making good use of time unsatisfactory for making good use of time what did i not play with the right crayons like, wow that is reverse psychology so i didn't quite understand what that meant but for uh, what, what would when you're in kindergarten what are you yeah you're five so yeah. for a five-year-old what am i thinking oh i guess I don't need to put any downtime. I just need to fill up my day as much as I possibly can with as much as, you know, I, I possibly can. And that's what I did. And that's kind of been my life. It's like, I don't really have downtime because I feel like someone's going to give me a big fat you. <laughs> what, that, that, that is true because when we worked together at WWE, you were nonstop. I mean, up and down the hallways and go to rehearsal, they come back and get ready for your makeup and get dressed. And then you were probably one of the first ones out before we would even go out, you know, to get ready to go on the show. 
So you did have quite the busy night that I saw for that little bit of period of, your, of our lives together. Yeah. Well, I was definitely the first one out and the last one through, right? So yes. at the beginning and then, and there was always something going on. My personality, thank God, loves that. I like to stay busy. So I always tell people, if you are a type A personality, you like to stay busy, stay busy with things that you enjoy doing. And that's okay. what I luckily enjoy doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. So just to um, get my fans to get knowledgeable of how wonderful your life has been. You're a singer songwriter. You are the first female cage announcer for MMA and professional fighters league, which is quite, I just thought that was hella cool. Um, <laughs> you're the former announcer for WWE and you often sing the, the national anthem many times, which, oh my gosh, I don't know how you did it because I mean, I had a promo and I would get you know, all the butterflies. You had to stay in tune. And then, you know, say this whole song and then and then go right into announcing the show, which I thought was incredibly talented. Oh, thank you, Vicky. And, and then, okay, so we're not done yet. So then you have, you're the host of Chasing Glory podcast and um, you sing at your church, which I think is amazing. And we have so many questions for you. I don't even know, where do you want to start in this? Because I can start from the top, but. Tell us about Lillian. What's going on in Lillian Garcia's life today? Well, this, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on the show. I am so proud of you for doing a podcast you. because you just said we're chasing glory. And I want to, you know, choose this opportunity to catch people up on chasing glory because they've been wondering where's the show at, right? Yeah. Um, but you know what it takes to put on a podcast now. So congratulations to you <laughs> for having <laughs> People don't realize how much work goes into that. And I loved doing Chasing Glory. Absolutely. Um, it was a full-time job though, for sure. And, you know, as many interviews as I did, I did it for four years. We were going into the fifth year and my mom got really sick and I took care of my mom. Um, unfortunately she passed, but I say fortunate though, because I was there all the way to the end to, to be with her. And, but I had to really, really evaluate my life. At that moment, I just said, I need to put the show on hold because I need to mourn and I needed to just grieve uh, the loss of that, um, you know, having lost both parents to, to cancer. So I took some time and then I went, it was just one month after I lost my mom that I actually started PFL. So I was like, okay, right now, all I can think about is focusing on one thing. So it was definitely outside the norm for me that I usually do so many things at the same time. During that process, I, I realized that my brain could only encapsulate one thing. And so I focused on PFL and I'm, I'm glad I did. And then as the season went along and I kept thinking, when do I bring Chasing Glory back? When do I bring Chasing Glory back? I started really realizing and paying attention to a lot of the interviews that I had done. And the interviews that I had done, you know, I'm, I'm listening to people talking about their chase for glory and how they were chasing their glory and the obstacles and the struggles and, you know, all that. And I looked at my life and I said, wow, I'm watching everybody chase their glory except for me. And what I mean by that is I love the PFL. I absolutely love announcing. I've loved WWE and I love chasing glory. But as you guys know, singing has always been just really in me, um, you know, in my bones. And so I decided at that moment, I was like, you know what? I need to really put Chasing Glory aside 
so that I can focus more on between PFL and singing. And so I was able to find um, my, the church that I'm singing at now, which is not even a church. I mean, this is, it's not your typical church when I say that. It's non-denominational. It does not look like a steeple. It is an arena. It is huge. It is an environment that I didn't know about because I grew up Catholic. So the Catholic church is very, very much the steeple. Um, yes. Right? You get me. <laughs> yeah, totally get it. Yeah. So when I walked in here and 15 minutes in, I'm like, wait, am I at church or am I at a rock concert? And the, the band is jamming and it's all Christian rock. And it's just... I just knew right then, I was like, by the second time I went, I was like, I have to see if they need singers. And so I've been singing with them, but I've also been back to writing. I'm writing now with a, a really amazing uh, songwriter uh, in Nashville. And I'm just enjoying this time of going back to my roots of singing. You know, what's incredible is I did last snipping on you and I, I dug really deep because I was looking at all your stuff. You did a song with One Republic, which is called if I lose myself. Yes. Like that's, that's freaking amazing. And I was like, one Republic. I'm like, I know her. Oh, know no, her. no. <laughs> let me, let me, hold on. Let me, um, hold on. You, you might, uh, let me just make that clear. I did a song <coughs> of one Republic, not with one Republic. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, it was, uh, I was kind of, I love them. Up. I love them. Don't get me wrong. And I would love to be able to do that. Um, you know, for sure in my future, that would be, that would be a band that would be phenomenal. We'll but have I, to tag them. <laughs> yes, we'll have to tag them and see if, if, if we can make that in the future for sure. Um, so there's so many other things that you do and your social media is so inspiring, Lillian. I mean, when I, I actually go through at least once a day because your quotes of motivation and positive feelings and, um, you know, just aspiring to believe in, in ourselves is such a great role model. I mean, you're like my, like my mentor a little bit when I go through your page, I'm like, uh, you know, I'll scroll. Like, oh my gosh, that's a great quote for me to, to meditate on for the day. I mean, it's beautiful too. I mean, your, your Instagram is really nice how you designed it. And I know that we talk, we talk a little bit about how we've grown in our lives. Um, it's, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. Like we've had many conversations, you know, yeah. in catering and at WWE, how life has just revolved so fast around us. It's almost like we're sitting and life's just spinning around us. Yeah. What, what is it that you, oh my gosh, like where do you begin in your morning? Like when you get up, like, because everything you, you put on your Instagram takes a lot of work. Cause I mean, I have you know, I go through a therapist. I, I have to work on my happiness. And even though I, I love God and he loves me and I pray and I'm, I'm spiritual, life is just hard sometimes. Absolutely. And, I, and so tell us, please, you know, how is it that you're doing it? Yeah. Well, look, I, I thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Um, you know, cause I try to do put a lot of effort on my Instagram and posts and stuff to you know, spread some love. You know, I think we all have a role here in this life and you make a choice. And for me, I can't choose to be a victim. I can't choose to live in anger or bitterness or, you know, life's hard or whatever. Because look, life is hard. It is for all of us. And there have been some times that I've been thrown to my knees 
Um, but you know, I cry it out. And that's the one thing I would say is allow yourself to cry it out, allow yourself to get it out, get it out, get it out, whether you're frustrated, screaming, crying, whatever, don't keep that bottled in. And then it's like, you get done, you're like, all right, shake it off. <laughs> and now let's move forward. What can we do? Even if it's the smallest step, what can you do to move forward, not to stay stuck or go back? So every day, that's my main thing. Um, you know, I'm still dealing with some things, uh, Vicki, that right now that, that are pretty heavy, but I don't try to sit in it. And in my posts, I'm like, look, I, I posted uh, recently about, I have a, a shot of me like kicking in the air and I'm like going into this week, like, you know, and it's kind of like, that's something that I'm trying to absorb for myself and remind myself too. like, come on, whatever it is, just boom, just kick it out of the way, just knock it out. And yeah. I think that's, that's all we can do. But I do wake up early morning. I wake up in the five o'clock hour. I make sure I go to bed early enough where I'm getting at least seven hours of sleep. Um, so usually I'm in bed around 10 and around this, and then seven hours from there, I'm up. Um, because that's my under. Some, some people need eight. I, I need seven. If, if I get eight, I'm groggy. <laughs> now, you, I'm sure that has to do with your fitness too, because yes. you, you jump some pretty cool jump rope. I mean, uh, I, I have never seen anyone with that much rhythm. I mean, if I did that, I'd probably like fall on my butt and be like, yeah, well, that's, that's how I normal. started. I tripped all the time. Look, I, I love the jump rope, but that's exactly what I was going to say is I, so I get up early and I meditate. That for me has been even a 15 minute people don't, they're like, oh, I don't know how to med meditate. Go on YouTube and just say 15 minute meditation, guided meditation. And there was so many of them that you just shut your eyes and you just let whoever the speaker is guide you in that 15 minutes and you will see what that how that sets up your day so that's one thing that i recommend um and fitness i will not let my fitness go without my fitness and without proper nutrition i'm done i can't keep up my schedule i would be like i don't do sugar um i i mean i know that's every now and then do i give myself the splurge yes and do i feel it the very next day yes i will say that I feel it so much that I go, wow, people walk around like this every day and they're wondering why they can't be productive and they're wondering why they feel crappy. They're wondering why their mental health is down. Um, I would say sugar is the worst processed food. I don't do processed food. And all of this stemmed from a mold allergy that I got. It was forced onto me, but it ended up being a huge blessing. And that's the other thing, Vicki, is that I think we all need to say, okay, I know this is hard, but what's the blessing? There's a silver lining in everything. And that's what I always remind myself of. Now, I remember in WWE where you always talk about your food allergies. And, you know, yeah. I remember in catering, you're very careful about what they cooked. And sometimes, sometimes I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's just food. But getting older and you start taking care of what you're eating and you know, because your metabolism slows down. I mean, I'm 54. And so I've had to take a lot of care. Of, you know, I can't just go have the processed food because right. it affects me later. You know, so looking back at you and interviewing you, I'm like, oh my God, she had the secret from years ago when <laughs> I used to watch her. And I'm like, okay, I get it, Lily. I get it. <laughs> yeah. When you're younger, it doesn't affect you as much, but it does creep up. Right. Um, 
but with me, it affected me right away because of my mold allergy. So I know that, and it's funny because I remember saying this to, to I think it was uh, Molly Holly, to Nora. Um, there was a bed that I had bought, a brand new mattress, and it was awful. It was so bad. And my back was in so much pain and I never had back pain in my life. And so we switched mattresses trying to find the right mattress. We went through seven mattresses. It was crazy. Oh. Telling that story to, um, to Nora. And she <laughs> said, she told me years later how she spent the night and this, uh, this guy's or this, um, these people, there's a, a couple that she was visiting and she spent the night with them. And um, it was a guest room that she was at. She woke up the next day in tremendous pain from the mattress and realized, she goes, oh my God, all these years, I was actually looking at Lillian like, now mattress? What is, she, what is she talking about a mattress and back pain? And then sure enough, she's like, oh my God, this mattress is killing me. <laughs> so it's the same thing now that you're talking about the food. You're probably looking at me like, like you said, why is she making such a big deal out of this? Yeah, okay, both of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will be the first to say that I was like, what's the big deal about the food? But I get it, Lillian, I get yes. it now. <laughs> yes, yes. So another aspect that you are doing is motivational speaking, and you're with the powerful Unites. Explain what that is, because you have two upcoming appearances, one's in Utah and one's in Los Angeles. I mean, how did you get involved with them as well? Uh, Powerful You is, they're awesome. They're amazing. They are just an amazing organization who approached me and asked me if I wanted to host uh, their show. And I hosted their show, but not only that, then I was in their movie. There is a movie called um, Seeing is Not Believing. And it is, I mean, literally the word is powerful. It is incredible. And I was so happy to narrate the movie. And so that came out, won tons of awards. So that was, I was really proud to be you know, part of that. And that just kind of crept into the motivational speaking. And so, um, yeah, in Los Angeles, as a matter of fact, when we did it back in, what was it, 2019, I, not only did I host it, I actually sang in it. And then I, I did a one-on-one -on -one interview with one of the guys on there. And then I also did my own speech. And I realized I love it. When I do motivational speaking, I feel like it's that same high of when I perform, when I sing. And I just, I love sharing my story. I've realized that the more open book that I can be, and that's why I am an open book, the more I can see that it helps people. And in helping people, that's my high. I just, yeah, that's what I'm here to do. That's amazing. Um, so also on that note, uh, you um, wrote a song for Eddie after he passed, yeah. which is uh, called Live On. And, you know, little things that we, how we, uh, you know, work together, you were, you're motivating me in these little circles of life that, you know, I would associate with you. And it's just incredible, Lillian, how you are taking your story. And, and there's things that we, we've shared with each other before that, you know, it's what you do with it. It's going to count. You know, you can be a victim in a corner and have a pity party and sit there and cry all day. Or you can get up and say, you know what? This is the best I'm going to do. This is all that I, this is all I'm capable of. And I'm going to go forward. And you taught me that with Eddie's song, because there was days that 
you know, working with WWE, I was just like, it was emotionally exhausting because, you know, I mean, not only was I mourning Eddie, but then I had to work in a place that celebrated Eddie. Not I get reminded all the time, you know, that how much I missed him and how much my life has changed. But with you and your song and our, our conversations, life is just incredible how he puts people in our path. Oh, wow. He's telling me that my eyes, woo. You know, I don't know. I just know that I had to write that song um, when everything happened. And and I knew that Eddie was making such a, a turn in his life. And, and then that's the one thing, you know, seeing everybody just how they always are so gravitated to him and no matter what, like his spirit will always live on. And that's exactly why I called it live on because it, it will. But I think it's from the lesson that we can learn in the life that Eddie lived. And we take a lot of lessons from that. But seeing how you then lived on and you moved on and what you made of yourself, um, you know, the silver lining to that whole thing is just watching you how you were like, well, I've got these kids and I have to provide and I'm going to go do my thing. And then to see what you did, Vicky, and the WWE, to see, I mean, you as general manager was unbelievable. That was God's grace. <laughs> no, but you have the talent. And with a microphone, <coughs> not everybody can get on a microphone like you and command like you did. And it was just so not only entertaining, but inspiring to see that you could just do, you know, continue his legacy, but then make it your own. And just, I'm sure for your kids, they're like, wow. I think it's from watching you guys before, you know, Eddie passed. I was watching all of y'all every night and every day. <laughs> it's kind of grew up. It grew on me. But some people can't do it. And you did. So thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. On that. Thank you. So let's talk about your, uh, your announcing with, uh, in, in the cage of Professional Fighters League and MMA. How did that come about? Because the two sports are very different, you know, from wrestling to MMA and cage fighting. Yeah. Tell us how your journey was with that, because that's, that's just so incredible. And you being the first female, like, did you realize that, that was going to happen? Or was that, was that something that you were looking for? Or did they come looking for you? Yeah. So, you know, I, I will say being the first female is pretty incredible. I mean, the fact that I got to be the first female to even announce at WrestleMania was that's amazing right that's um, right i got so i left you know dad got sick in 2016 i left to take care of him and while i was taking care of him is when i created the podcast which was originally called making their way to the ring um right. and he was able to watch a few episodes before he passed and he was just so proud and i remember he, he watched the one with ray mysterio and i did it that one because I I, la I launched two podcasts at the same time. Now you're right, Vicky. Like you're right. I go all in. It's I got you. I got your number, girl. I'm like that's crazy, but you know I I launched Luchando, so that was a Spanish podcast, and then I launched Making Their Way to the Ring. I launched it at the same time, so I had Eddie on my Luchando podcast, and we did it all in Spanish. And so I'm watching Dad like listening to it and just being so into it, and um. Yeah, so I, I launched those, I think it was in October, and then he passed in December. And then I kept, uh, I switched, I went to podcast one, 
in 2017 and I switched the name. I, I dropped the Spanish podcast. It was too much to do both. And I switched to Chasing Glory. So I did that until 2019 is when they got, that called me. So it was Ryan Satin. So Ryan was doing some, uh, he was kind of helping me do some of the intros. I was having him as my co-host on Making Their Way to the Ring, my podcast, which by the way, I'm so proud of him now having his own podcast. Yeah, he's, I know. he's killing it. I'm so proud of Ryan Satin. But anyway, um, so he was doing that. And um, so we'd become, you know, friends through him working on that with me. And then he approached me in 2019. He called me and it's like, hey, the PFL is looking for you. And I'm like, the who? Because <laughs> they were called something else before they switched to PFL. And he goes, it's the Professional Fighters League in MMA. They're looking for you uh, to possibly be their, their new cage announcer. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know what's crazy, though? Is that in my in my meditations, I actually saw myself somehow in MMA. I was like, I don't know how this is gonna happen, but I oh my saw God. somehow in MMA. And so um <clears throat> when they called, I called them back and they were so professional and we set up a meeting. I went to meet them, met uh, with James Mormel and um, Mormelli and then George Greenberg. And they couldn't have been more like amazing, enthusiastic. Um, just stepping outside of that, you know, it, the boundaries of, wow, we've never had a female in combat sports be a cage announcer, but we're willing to take the shot. And so they signed me and I told my like, look, I'll do this as long as you guys set me up with people that can help me, that can, you know, I, you got to set me up for success here um, because I don't know the differences between MMA and wrestling. And, and they did, they put me immediately, they put me with Josh Fowler. Now I work with Greg Savage, who's incredible. I just have an amazing team around me. And, um, and now I'm in my third year. So it's pretty so, exciting. So you did, I mean, you did have a little experience Lillian to, to take on that whole, you know, uh, job description of announcing. What is the difference of yeah. cage As fighting to MMA and wrestling? There is a big, yeah, there's a big difference. So, you know, in, in, WWE, I memorized everything because, as you know, they like everything memorized. Yeah. I'm sure you had to memorize everything for you do. <laughs> but the difference was like when we when you finally got the date, I mean uh, the the towns and the weights down for the guys or the girls, you pretty much like, you just kept repeating those, you know, week after week after week. You know, Undertaker is just you know from parts unknown, 305, yeah. like these certain things that you just get memorized, right? MMA, the stats are way different every week or every single time they fight, the stats are different. And there's a lot to say on each person. Like I say the height, which I never said in, in uh, WWE, um, I say their weights, which fluctuate, they weigh in that morning, um, where, uh, what their record is, their record's constantly changing, the amount of wins, losses, draws, no draws, um, how many submissions, how many stoppages, how many knockouts. There's just a lot of information wow. that is different. You know, where do they fight from? Do they hold a title? Did they win? Did they, you know, all of these things that is about this long compared to <laughs> what I used to memorize the WWE. So that was the one thing I didn't know about. And even the decisions, like, it's not just saying, here's your winner, the undertaker. No, <laughs> there's like, 
ladies and gentlemen, referee, you know, such and such has halted the bout at, and then you put in the minutes and, and every, there's different decisions, whether it's a knockout, a submission, whether it's, um, you know, by unanimous decision, you know, whether it's technical decision, split decision, like there's a different verbiage for every single one of them. Oh my so God. It was, it was learning a whole new ball game really was. And then what's amazing to me is how they, and I've had such a respect for these MMA fighters now. In one split second, they've got to decide, are they going to box? Are they going to do judo? Are they going to do uh, Muay Thai? Are they going to do grappling? Are they going to do wrestling? Are they going to do boxing? Are they gonna, like, they have to learn it all. And I've been incredibly amazed as to how they can go in the cage and just switch from one thing to another. So, and what's incredible too, is that you had to learn how to, you know, get into a wrestling ring with heels and a dress yeah. is, is incredibly frustrating to me. I mean, you know, it was always the worst thing is like, make sure that, you know, your dress is down that you weren't opening your legs, you know, to some fan, um, how, how this is a whole new world for you. I mean, to get into a cage and to yeah. announce in there and then to, I mean, how is that? I mean, that had to take some time to get used to. Well, I feel like I'm inside the elimination chamber uh, <laughs> match every single time because seriously, it's like, it's the cages around you. It's, it's intimidating, but I love it. I mean, Vicky, it is one of those things that when I get in there, I know what my role is and I just get such a high, even though I still get butterflies, um, just because I want everything always so perfect. And I've got, to, I've had to learn that sometimes things, you know, happen and you just, it's live TV, right? And so you just got to keep going. Um, but it's, 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 it's an incredible high, it really is. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. And also it seemed like the, the crowd is a little more intimate. I mean, just by looking at some of the videos that when you do announce, you know, looking at it, it seemed like the, the audience is really, um, you know, more excited, so to speak. I mean, because versus like, maybe the fans in wrestling are kind of far apart, but is the ending predetermined as if it is in wrestling? Oh, there's nothing predetermined at all, at all. Oh. No, no, no. This is not entertainment. This is a sport. Um, they And in our league, what's so wonderful and fun about the PFL is our league is different than UFC. And the reason why is we have a, a seasonal format. So we have a regular season, we have the playoffs, and we have a championship. So it runs just like football. And what's happened is like they'll, the fighters will fight twice in the regular season. They can earn points. So you can earn points if you get, let's say, a knockout in the first round. Then all of a sudden you got an automatic six points, right? So you rack up all these points, whether it's submission, a knockout, whether it's in the second round or third round. So And, and we are really good at letting you know who's on the leaderboard and all. So they fight twice in the regular season. And then whoever gets the most points goes on to the playoffs. Then whoever wins the playoffs goes to the championship. There's a million dollars awarded to each division. So that's what's so amazing about this league. It is life-changing for these fighters. These MMA fighters usually do not get paid this kind of money or have this kind of opportunity for a million dollars. And definitely, they do not fight four times between April and November. And, and that's your season. That's the season you'll go through. the season. Usually it's April to November. So to have that many fights, usually in UFC, a fighter will have maybe two fights a year. 
So that's what makes this league so much more intense and so much, you know, so different and so fun to follow as well. Wow. There's a, it's a completely different scenario than what you're used to from the past 15 years at WWE. Yes, absolutely. Wow. But I love it because you really do get to follow the fighter's journey and you get to pull for them. And by the time they're in the championship, you've seen their run and it's just like, wow. I remember how fought they, you know, how much they had to overcome this or that, and they have to overcome injuries. And sometimes they have to drop out because of injuries, you know, and there's just so much that happens in the season. So within your season, you do have time to do your singing and your motivational speaking outside yeah. of that, because I'm sure how's the travel with that? Because, you know, from our previous schedule, you know, is every week we were in a different city. How is it with, uh, with the fighters league? Yeah, with PFL, it's so much lighter. And that was one of the reasons I accepted the job as well, because it wasn't 52 weeks a year. I knew I couldn't go back to that schedule. Um, but with this schedule, it's like 10 shows. for uh, There are 10 solid shows, so that's just 10 weeks of travel. And then there might be two or three that are added for like press conference or if I go early or something like that. But that's what gives me, like right now, we just finished the regular season, uh, for the first half of the regular season. So right now we have about five weeks before we go back because the fighters need time to heal before they get back. To the <laughs> right. So now we have five weeks. So in this time, I'm doing some appearances. I'm doing some signings. I'm singing again. I'm writing. I'm, you know, doing all my other projects. And then when I go back to PFL for those three weeks in a row, I'm solid three weeks in a row with PFL. And then I go back to doing my other activities. So that's how it works out for me. Oh my gosh, Elian. I am really impressed by how your A-type personality is really showing through this interview. <laughs> I love it though, Vicky. That's the thing is, like I said, you got to grab something that you love. I know. And I, I love your energy. And um, I'm so happy that you're talking to us. We have some fans that send in some questions for you, okay. which are pretty incredible. And, and just the, the wide range. Um, you have a lot of followers, which is really exciting to see for for you as my friend. It says, uh, from Kylie Burks, it says, uh, did you ever consider actually becoming a pro wrestler? Oh, how funny. So I have one match that I, I'm one and oh, one and oh against Howard Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I had an evening, evening gown tuxedo match with him. Uh, and praise Howard, like he helped me so much. So I just, rest in peace i hope you know he is resting in peace but he's just somebody that really he could have gotten very bitter when i came in and i replaced him and instead he ended up helping me a lot so um i just i love him and yeah so i had one match with him and people had asked me that like because when i got thrown into different storylines and did you know different angles and all and um and bumped took bumps and all they're like why don't you become a wrestler and I'm like, you know why? Because for me, if you're going to become a wrestler, that's a full-time job. I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to go learn a couple moves and then go call myself a wrestler. I feel like if I was going to be a wrestler, then I cannot be an announcer. I cannot be a singer. Like that's a full-time job. So that was my whole, I, I, and I loved announcing and singing so much that that's where I put my focus on. You know, I did have a lot of fun, you know, when we were going through all these storylines and you were there, you were a very common face that I knew that you were going to be there. If anything had changed, you know, at time or, you know, they had to do a commercial break or something. I depended on you so much to let me know what's going on. 
and it was just a it was just a, a very familiar family scene you know whenever i went to the ring oh there's Lillian. i can't talk to her because i'm supposed to be a heel and i can't smile at her i'm just gonna <laughs> do my own thing <laughs> it's like you give me these looks <laughs> i'd play right off it was fun playing off of you like what are you giving me that look for <laughs> i know it was so much fun um thomas Ott germany asks you do you plan on releasing new songs or albums oh i love thomas by the way he's a great fan from germany he's been following me for a while he's awesome yeah so like i mentioned i finally put singing to the forefront and i finally found my niche too because I was kind of lost as to, I had these songs and I'm like, I, the pop market just didn't seem right to me anymore. And when I started with this, um, with this church and with this band and they're doing Christian rock, I'm like, this is it, this is it. I'm so excited. So I'm excited to let people know through your show, Vicki, that I'm actually going into the Christian rock uh, market, pop rock market, which I'm so excited about. Um, Holly Holly, we talked about her earlier, Nora. She has been begging me to do this for years. <laughs> she was telling me, she's like, you, this, you would be so good in that market. And it just wasn't speaking to me until now. And I say it's God's timing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm writing songs right now um, with uh, Rachel. She's uh, somebody in Nashville and I'll see about, you know, some other people, but right now she and I are, we're tied like this, writing some stuff. And I'm really excited about, I don't know when it will get released. So I'm going to stop saying any kind of potential date because with music, man, everything's just got to get lined up. Right? Well, and also Lillian, just from one Christian to another for you to sing for the praises of God is so inspiring. And so it's just fulfilling, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a means that people need more positive music around us. And this is incredible to hear. And I, I can't wait to see what you're going to do with it. Thanks. Well, I know that during these dark times, during losing mom and some other things that had happened uh, just last year, it was that that got me through it. And it's that that's getting me through it now. And and I people ask me all the time, like, how do you keep a positive attitude? You know, like you were asking me earlier, number one, it's my faith. If I, if I don't have my faith, if I don't have this, um, then I'm really in a dark place. And I, I just refuse to allow that. And I know that there's a lot of things that, you know, we can learn from. And when we can lean on something bigger than us, whether you call it God, whether you call it the universe, whatever it is that you would need to call it, just something bigger than yourself, it, it's powerful. And you allow that in, it's powerful. Amazing. Okay, so Warrior Princess wants to ask you, who inspired you to do ring announcing and why? Well, that was a fluke because that was really. Like, oh my God. I never, I never was like, I'm going to be a ring announcer. I always was like, I'm going to be a singer. And that was until I had an audition. My, my agent called me um, back in 1999. My agent called me and he said, I was living in New York city and said, Hey, there's an audition for, the WWF, because at the time, the WWF, and I thought they were talking about the World World Wildlife Fund. <laughs> hey, didn't we all? We all thought that. I was like, I can go hang out with the panda. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I can go interview. Maybe some dogs. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, no, no, no. World Wrestling Federation. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> now, I watched as a kid with my dad. I mean, that was something he and I shared. I watched Andre the Giant, Ric Flair. Blackjack Mulligan, he took me to the Township Auditorium. I watched that, them live and 
you know, and it was exciting for me, but I fell out of it when I went to college. And now when this audition came up, so, um, but you know, the best advice he gave me is look, just go, you never know what will happen. It doesn't cost you anything to go to this, this audition. So I did. And man, when they hired me, I didn't even know I was going to ring announce that night. I, I got, I showed up, we were in Iowa state university. That's where the show was. And Michael Cole was showing me backstage and Lori was showing me backstage and um, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I still don't know what I'm doing, but this is cool. And it wasn't until 3.30 that afternoon that they told me that I was going to be replacing Howard as the ring announcer that night. Oh that was God. shocker. And I'm like, gulp. And I'm like, how do you do this job? <laughs> like, I've never aspired to be a ring announcer. But I got in there looking with no cue cards. I was told no cue cards 20 minutes before I went live. I almost, I almost bolted. I almost bolted. Um, but I went home and I memorized everything and I got better by week two. And then I really started seeing what an amazing position that is. Like to be introducing these fighters to, you know, I say, you know, to their match or now to what we call it, to their fight, you know, to the cage. Um, there's different lingo, by the way, between MMA and, and WWE. So I have to constantly- A lot of lingo difference. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it's so cool. And that's why I love- stepping in there and trying to create such a big moment that they're about to like take in on that. That's why I respect the job of ring announcing so much. Yeah, it's incredible because you, you know, for people that don't know, I mean, you, you had a headset, correct? So no, they would talk. I had a headset. No, I, had what? that whole time I did not have to wear a headset. So I was really in the dark. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, even like, you know, today in AW, I mean, everyone has headsets, like earpieces where, you know, the, the commentators can hear, you know, what the gorilla is saying and stuff. That must have been terrifying because you were on TV times, commercial there, you know, I'm sure things changed during the show where you had to be impromptu to like switch gears and go to something else. Yes. And I just got told from ringside. I'd be literally like flagged down. Oh my gosh, we're going to change this. And then and I'll cue you. And so but I had no idea what was going on where. And look, there would be times, that's why even there'd be times that I'd call a match and it wasn't even the right match. And I'm like, what just happened? Because they forgot to tell me they changed the match. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I knew nothing. I had no ear. Now for MMA, I have an earpiece. And so Sean will throw to me. And so that's how I know it's my time to go on camera. But look, it even happened the very first year when I was at PFL, my, my piece wasn't working. Oh my God. I, I looked over to the guy and I'm like, I got nothing here. So he had to cue me. So I was like, thank God for WWE days because I didn't panic because I always just got cued. Yeah. And yeah. What, what, what a great experience that you get to bring over to the PFL that you, you know, you kind of go with the punches, so to speak. And you, you're ready for anything, and that shows your professionalism. Yeah, live TV was absolutely the best thing we could have been doing. For, for I don't know about that. <laughs> it's it's mortifying. No, don't let me get. I still. But we were doing the weigh-ins the other night, and I have this whole thing that I have to memorize before you know doing the weigh-ins, and I'm like, my heart's going like this, and I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I still do this? <laughs> but then when you nail it, you go. That's why. Yes. <laughs> Good job. All right. So uh, Team Austin, Team Austin 418 wants to ask you, 
What is your proudest accomplishment today? Proudest. Wow. Um, you know, the Which first thing that jumped in my mind is 9-11. Um, the fact that I got through the national anthem after 9-11. Um, you know, that was such a weight that got placed on my shoulders two days after the attacks. To be able to keep my composure and be able to use my voice to bring healing in that moment. Um, I don't know why God chose me, but I'm, I'm grateful that he not only chose me, I'm grateful he was with me to help, you know, me that moment because we were, we're still talking about it today. Like still yeah. people will bring it up. And, you know, I was asked to uh, be at MSG. I sang in the 20th anniversary just now at MSG. Um, and to see the full circle of it, you know, 20 years later, it's just to be able to, to use my voice, to have been able to not just come in there as a ring announcer, but actually as a singer, the thing that I love to do the most and be able to make such an impact um, with the thing that I love to do the most. It's, it's just been, it's been a proud moment for me, especially as, a, as an army brat, um, my dad being a Lieutenant Colonel, I, that, and then I would say equal to that is going to Afghanistan and Iraq and performing it there with all the troops around us um, you know, I grew up on a military base for me to see soldiers around me. It's like seeing family. Cause that's, that's what was all always outside my window. And, and that for me, is like, wow, I'm just so grateful. I don't know whether it's proud or I'm just grateful. So grateful. And, and to add to that, what well, we always did tribute to the troops, Yeah. You know, to hear you do the, the national anthem. I mean, the way you got everyone just riled up and, you know, in your face and, and your energy behind the song. I mean, it was pretty an incredible experience to have all the soldiers in that, whether it be a hangar or wherever we were at. And it, just you singing, it was just like, it, it was an incredible energy that you brought to that song. And Thank you. So Thank you. That means a lot because it just, I mean, seriously, and it was The Rock actually who, made that whole thing happen with me being able to sing the national anthem, you know, when um, we were doing all those backstage interviews and all. And he asked me one day, cause he, he found out that I sang, I guess in one of our conversations, I can't remember, but he's like, hey, do you ever do the national anthem? And I was like, yeah, yeah I did it for my graduation. And he's like, wow, okay. Cause I know you're doing this house shows, uh, the, you know, the live events over the weekend. We always played instrumentally. So I should probably, uh, let me go talk to the producers and see if they'll let you do it. And so I went, um, I think it was Denver. And that afternoon I did it just in the rehearsal and they loved it. Um, I remember, uh, oh my God, um, Pat. And it was Pat was in, you know how much Pat loved sing. Yeah. And um, he was just like, oh my God, we have a singer in the house. Yes, do it, do it. So that whole weekend I did it. And then Monday when Vince heard all about it, he's like, I gotta see this for myself. And so I did it in San Jose, uh, California that night, uh, right before we went live on the air. And he loved it so much. He had me do it at, you know, every Monday and SmackDown. Yeah. And then, you know, just the list went on. And I still hold the record for singing it the most times at WrestleMania. I just, ah! That's so incredible. So Lillian, great. tell me, what is your best memory inside the wrestling ring? What would be that? I know it's probably hard to say because if they told me that, I'd have like five I couldn't choose from. But yeah. is there a memory that just captivates you in your heart that you just, when you think of WWE, what's that one memory that comes to mind that will always be in your heart? 
You know, I think the thing that stands out for me, um, there are a couple things and, but anytime WrestleMania, I just remember like sitting there in the ring or standing there in the ring, looking around to the thousands of people that are there, knowing that there's millions watching at home, right? But to be able to see a stadium full of the fans with all the love and admiration for the work that is, you know, getting placed by everybody that's really trying to work their heart out for the show and to stand there and go, oh my God, I get to be a part of this. I get to be a part of this night after night after night. Like, and then to have done it for 15 years, I, I really am so grateful. And to, to have moments like I did with Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, pounding the beers and, and all of that after every event. And, um, and then these backstage interviews with The Rock that were so classic and moments with Triple H, him chasing me out of the arena, you know? I mean, these are iconic, iconic superstars and legends that I got to be, you know, in with. And yeah, it's, it was it's just been a great ride. Um, I want to ask you some questions. And so our fans can get to know you a little bit on a personal basis. Um, are you a morning or night person? Morning. Uh, name a pet peeve. But I will stay up late if there's a, a good occasion. <laughs> okay. Is there a pet peeve? Yes. Yeah. I think the pet peeve I have is um, backstabbing. I think, you know, Vicki, you know, I think you know this about me. If I got something to say, I'll say it to your face, right? I'm, people always came to me for advice or they came to me for their opinion. I remember the girls always coming to me for their opinion because they knew I'm going to tell it to you. <laughs> oh, you want my yeah. opinion? I'll tell it to you, right? Yeah. And I'll say it because I think it's for your best interest, right? Not to hurt you or anything, but I just don't like backstabbing. I don't like people that talk behind other people's backs. Um, I, I just think that's wrong. Yeah, I agree. What is your least favorite vegetable? Least favorite vegetable. Well, I love this vegetable. I don't have a least favorite vegetable, but I will say this vegetable hates me. Mushroom. <laughs> mushrooms because of the mold. <laughs> I love mushrooms. Mushrooms don't love me. Awesome. All right. Good to know. Um, what is your favorite hobby aside from everything else? What is that one hobby you do that has nothing to do with PFL, wrestling, singing, fitness? What is that one hobby? I think just binging on some shows. Seriously. Like you, and you know, but you know what's so funny is that I always have to have it while I'm cooking or while I'm while I'm doing something else. <laughs> I can't just sit, watch it, and do nothing. I can't. I just I think it's it's not making good use of time, remember. <laughs> what is your biggest phobia? Uh, I don't like cockroaches. <laughs> can't, can't stand them I can't stand them you know why this is gonna be so gross oh my god so as a kid I'm sitting there with my legs Indian style watching tv this is before this is you know like I didn't have to do 50 million things at the same time but I'm playing with a piece of paper between my legs and I'm just playing 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 and then the commercial comes on and I look at the paper and it's not a piece of paper it's a cockroach that I have just completely dismembered and I thought it was paper. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I had it all over my finger. It was so gross. Ever since then, I've been traumatized. 
So yes, I don't like cockroaches. You know, there was Finley. I think he knew that because he literally put a cockroach when we were going from Germany to Iraq. Well, or we stopped in Germany to refuel and we were going on to Iraq. He found some cockroach in Germany, puts it in my luggage. So when I got to Iraq and I opened up my luggage, there's a cockroach. And, and you know, in our locker room, we, we found quite a few cockroaches that would be in there, you know, during our day. Yeah, I can't stand them. <laughs> what, is, what is the one candy that you would love to have an endless supply of? I'm sorry, the one candy that I would love to have and what? An endless supply of. Sugar daddies. I love caramel. Really? I love caramel. Caramel, anything caramel. But there's something about, I remember as a kid, the sugar daddies or the sugar daddies, milk duds. Milk duds. All squares. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> I don't go oh, anywhere yeah. near now because I'm telling you, if I start with one, I'll eat the whole box. That's good to know. Um, what is next for Lillian on your bucket list? I want to travel more. I want to get back to traveling. Uh, and when I say traveling, traveling the world. I love, I want to go to Greece. I got to go to Greece. I mean, that's definitely on my bucket list. Um, and I want to be able to, look, I was very proud of my Spanish record. And I was very proud of my time record. I just want to be able now to do this Christian record that I'm very proud of and see how it impacts people and how I can say, no, A, it doesn't matter. Like, don't let your age stop you from anything. Like whatever you, right? Amen. Whatever you're passionate about, go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Uh, don't listen to negativity from people, only encouraging words. And so I want to see what this can do for people. Um, and just, I think, I think with me, it's, uh, it's not about doing more projects. I think I've shown that I've been going, going, going. <laughs> now I'm like, that's why I took Chasing Glory and put it on the side. Because I could, technically, I could do Chasing Glory and PFL and my singing, writing, and I, but then I'd be just spent. Strung out, yeah. And I refuse to do that anymore. So I think for me, next is just more balance, for sure. That's amazing. Uh, Lily, where can people contact you to schedule you for more events? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're funny. Um, look, I'm, I'm really great. Like on Instagram, at, at Lillian Garcia with one L in the middle. Um, for Facebook, it's at Lillian Garcia official fan page. LillianGarcia.com. Uh, and there's a, there's a place there on the .com for um, an agent or publicist. You can contact them to, to book me. But I should put that on my Instagram. I'll put that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, if it's, a, if it's something that's worthwhile and it's something that is really great, then, then bring it on. Like, I, I love being part of events. You know, um, I'm so happy to call you my sister in Christ. And I'm so excited for your album in the Christian community. And thank you so much for spending time with me. And I cannot wait to share this with all my fan base around the world. And I just love you to pieces. And thank you and respect you so much. Oh, thank you, Vicky. I love you. I adore you. You know that. And whenever I see you, I glow. I'm like, yes, Vicky. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Keep doing thank this you. podcast. Um, keep doing things that absolutely love you. And I'm just, you know, meeting your other half now too. I'm so oh. happy for you. I'm so happy that you were able to find joy again. And he seems like a really great guy. So I'm just really happy for you, honey. 
I appreciate it. Take 10 years, but it's all in God's timing. That's all. When I gave up, that's when God was like, okay, now can I have a, can I take my turn now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love you so much. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next. And I'm so excited for you. And thank you again. Thank you, hon. All right. God bless you. Bye. Love you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Wow. <laughs>